Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined today by Leonard. Hello. How are you doing, Leonard? I'm okay. I didn't sleep particularly well, but, you know, these things happen. They How about do. you, Dave? I also slept poorly. Um, I think that's just part and parcel of the times and of watching a bunch of ridiculous movies right before I went to bed. That probably did not help. Yes. Who knows? But anyway, we're here to talk about not the providence of sleep, but the providence of monsters. Yes. And we have we have some. We have some this time, kind of, sort of. There's some monsters here, here and there, flitting about, just beyond the lens of our world. The best kind, I think. But yes, we are back. We are back into the Legativerse, as we are wont these days. Right, and we're covering the uh, last two stories from... Um, ooh. Voice of the Demon. There we go. Voice. <laughs> I can't. It's always voice, song, dreams. Yes. I knew that. Uh, I yeah, knew even that I. Demon was at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the, the demon is in the details. Yes. Uh, yes. So, Voice of the Demon. It's a sub segment of Grim Scribe, and so we are we are covering the last two tales of that. Um, the the less or more confusing bit is the next segment is Voice of the Dreamer. So that that all it all fits together. Yes. Uh, these first or last two tales rather will be in the shadow of another world and the cocoons. Yes. Not to be confused with cocoon. Uh, a, mm-hmm. a baffling '80s movie series starring octogenarians uh, who are made young by aliens. This is completely true and not made up. Yeah, they they like to use the swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, j- just just a just a quick aside. <laughs> I feel like Cocoon was always on TV during, like, when I was a kid on, like, the weekends, and I've never seen it, and there's always been an aspect of it where I'm just like, is this, like, actually a stealth horror movie, or is this just really played for, uh, isn't it sweet, the aliens came down and gave these old people a zest for life. I feel like that the premise itself lends its, itself so well to a horror film that I'm just kind of baffled by the fact that I suspect that c- the Cocoon series is in fact not <laughs> a series of horror films. I, I mean, they call it Cocoon The Return, I think, is the sequel. I, it. I watched them also like as a child. So that's the last time I saw them. My memories of it, I think are combined with invasion of the body snatchers. So Mm, that's a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or a good one, really. Right. right, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I mean the, the, the merger of those two films seems like a bad time. 
look, if you get put in the cocoon and you come out and you are, in fact, Wilford Brimley, then it's all okay. Uh, rest in peace, Wilford. Rest in peace, sir. But, yes, um, on to, on to, uh, this isn't even a better topic, honestly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did have the chance because it was only 22 minutes long to to feast my eyes upon the 2007 film The Frolic. Oh yes. Right. It was a thing. It was a time. Um, oh no. No, it was fine. Uh Legati is credited as one of the screenwriters, I think, but IMDb sometimes is weird. Um I, I don't know the extent of his involvement. Uh, it could just be based upon no screenplay. He, he wrote the screenplay, so yeah, it's um, oh. it's as close as you're gonna get. Now, what the film, uh, dear listeners, if you well, if you missed this one, it's it's the first thing we cover in in our descent into Legadian territory. Yes. Um, it is it, uh, the story is about a um a criminal psychologist who has m- been like <clears throat> sent to a small little town that um it's a prison prison town know, yes it's like a mining town a town that's built up around a prison um and he they, they have they have uh he turned himself in they caught a serial killer. And his last few sessions have been um, involved with this this John Doe, who has been targeting children. So the of course the material is uncomfortable to to engage with. Um, but the the the, con- the conceit of this is that John Doe is from somewhere else, mm-hmm. like another dimension or something, right. and um, is is taking these kids to that dimension uh and they're they're being spirited away they have adventures but um their their bodies cannot withstand that dimension i guess for very long and then they eventually like fall apart or explode or something horrible it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. really get into a lot of details because that's that's not as important um right and uh the the character of john doe um he he's a sort of shape-shifting figure and in, in as far as his personality he's able to like mime dozens of accents um, knows about far too many places. He's more worldly or otherworldly than his like general appearance would let on, which is like sort of disarming. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the course of the um, the short story and short film, uh, it it comes to light that the the latest um, frolicking adventure um, target is in fact the the daughter of the good doctor um and the both the film and the story end on the note of her disappearance um right out from under the noses of of the the doctor and his wife um as they're just having like a discussion downstairs 
I guess right. te- technically, and I think it says downstairs in the book, but in the film, it's a single story house. Anyway, um, <laughs> it doesn't matter that that dad t- detail is not important. But yes, so she disappears and um, the, just basically credits roll. Uh, what the what the book does is spend time uh, briefly through flashback, or I guess through uh, accounting of John Doe of the the geographies and the strange sites and the the other terrible vistas um, of the other world that he goes to and from. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. <laughs> clearly was not in the budget so there's zero of that and uh, um that that's that's the disservice to the film because the plot is the same the characters are like that none of that changes um i think the uh dr monk's wife is given a few more lines like her she's an actual character whereas she really isn't in the um the short story you're right or she's or she's just less of one um but yeah, de- devoid of that otherworldliness, um, there's not a greater sense beyond like the small event. Um, how we we are treated to the fact that John Doe is in fact supernatural to a degree, like he just disappears from his cell and is locked. You know, this it's the standard, like check check and see if he's still in the cell, and then the guard he's like, yeah, he's still there, and then. You know, a few minutes later, wait, he's gone. That's bad. <laughs> and it it just it and it begins and ends and middles. It's the same. The it's as adaptations go. I think it's fairly solid. It's a it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a nice twenty two minutes. You didn't, they didn't stretch it. They didn't try to pad anything. Um, but it's missing. Yeah, that otherworldliness, and that's kind of I don't. It's two thousand seven. Uh, they c- probably could have gotten away with some sort of CG vista, um, and it wouldn't have looked entirely terrible, maybe. But I think it was just so far outside the budget. Um, this was a bare bones little production. It's worth watching, I think, as just to like compare the two as as adaptations. Right. Um, but if you did not read the story and you just watched this, you're not getting any like not really getting anything from it because it doesn't lean into more horror than like child abduction. Right. I wonder, Whereas, I wonder ahead. it, Oh, go on. Hmm. No, it was an errant thought. Go ahead. Oh, I wonder if I'm sure it would have probably uh, been, equally if not more expensive to get Legati to write some dialogue but I feel like if the um if you had a really strong actor um uh just talking about the vistas and and I, I think he drift. did I think he talked about it but it wasn't um they didn't dwell on it Okay, so it wasn't like a vast monologue about it because that's what I'm thinking. Like just a single shot with him describing this, uh, you know, at, in in a flashback to one of their sessions, I think could have maybe um, even and you know even just apply some like 
ambient sound effects that kind of draw the audience into the idea of the space without actually showing it could have been effective, but that's, that's yeah, looking I, at it. I don't think that that's the route they went, but what they did do for the flashbacks was the doctor, um, I think he's writing up a, a final report or something before they move. And so he was reviewing um, the interview session tapes and in his house and just watching like the that made it a little bit more disquieting because he's anytime you throw something on VHS uh, right in 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 sort of modern terms um, the the visual and audio feel of uh, VHS playback works really well. Um, it's an unintentionally spooky medium, uh, medium, uh, just because we've kind of framed it that way over the years so often. Um, but yes, they, they did that with the flashback. So it's not really flashing back. You're just watching him, watching himself do the interviews. But then it, it lets his, it lets his wife, um, engage with that, you know, and going like, oh, who's this or what? And he, you know, he's trying to keep work and home life separate because that's, that's right. the other crux of it but um what i i don't now i'm it's been a little well, a little while since i watched it and i'm thinking it it omits um her giving him the present of the the boy's head uh um clay okay right i, I don't recall that happening in the film because mm -hmm. I was, I, I think I was waiting for it because that that became a point of tension between the two characters and was building on something because she she picked up this you know um, porcelain or, or uh, clay fired uh, well done depiction of a boy from the the prison gift shop, right. um, and it turned out to be something that John Doe had done of his like last victim. So the doctor was like, "Yeah, we can't can't have that in the house." Like mm -hmm. why would you, why would you get me a death's head mask of a child? Basically, I don't I don't think that was in there. But I think all in all, it was worth it was worth the watch. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't don't feel like I didn't have an investment in the twenty two minutes I spent watching that. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, that that also you know sounds like a completely reasonable amount of time. Uh, to invest in in a short film such as this yeah yeah my like i said the only thing i, I wish they had done something more with like expanding upon that other dimension because i think that that's just what helped make the story so bizarre because mm -hmm. even even if he john doe was not actually going to that place the fact that he thought he was um made the character creepier like right it gave him more of a, a menacing horrible presence mm -hmm. but uh yeah so that was the the frolic 2007 um it's a canadian production but uh, that sounds about yeah. right that that sounds that sounds like something that was made in a country where the government funds the arts <laughs> Yeah, and then it is uh it is not specifically the Guardian, but I did uh watch 
the host, which has been a bit of a topic. Um, it's a, a film shot, um, well, it's shot on cameras technically, but they're using through Zoom. So all of the actors are recording separately at their own homes. Um, and then the, 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 the premise of it is they're conducting a seance over Zoom. Uh, and it's it's a fitting sign of the times. It works really, really well. Um, there are some jump scares in it, but it um, if you want to traffic in ghosts and what ghosts can be in like a more relevant to this day and age, uh, I think it works really well. So just just an aside for if you have access, go check out the host. It's on Shutter. So, 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 what you're saying is is a a a a better execution than the premise of uh, unfriended the also over online webcam horror ghost movie. Yeah, I didn't watch that one, but this, oh, it, this you should not. <laughs> yeah, well, I I I will leave the host um, to do its work. It's also a little bit. It's. Uh, I think it was 80 minutes. It's not overlong. Um, okay. It, it's a full film. It's not a short film, but right. um, it doesn't stay too long. You're invested kind of in the kid because it's connected to resume. You're not getting like a huge um, understanding of, of the, of the characters, but it's enough to like have, um, empathy for them when things start going awry but uh yeah it it feels it feels kind of like an update um on pulse okay sort that's... of i mean that that's not like the super that's not a it's not a one to one um right I'm at, I'm at loss of maybe the first, uh, mm, I, I almost said be devil. That's, that's the wrong film. It is the, um, what the heck is his name? Bagul. That's the guy. Bagul oh, is the um, monster. Oh man. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but, um, I can't remember the one with the super eight tapes. Yeah. And so the, the demon lives on in the film. Like mm -hmm. as you watch them, it becomes more real or something. It's it's been a long. It wasn't a great movie either, but um, this sinister, like yeah, sinister. So it's digging around in that zone. Like if you combined a bit of what Pulse is doing, um, and and then a bit of sinister. And, and some other. Okay. I, I, I don't want to like say that this is just a distillation of a bunch of films because it's 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 right. it's its own thing. Um, but I don't want to go into it more only because like it, you need to just not. It's another no. one where it's like kind of go in a little bit more blind. Um, the same thing can be said for um, uh, the relic, which I also just watched. Um, oh yes. Yes. That was phenomenal, and it uh, like the taking of Deborah Logan um, on its surface, and then I think it's the film is dealing with um, dementia, 
not Alzheimer's specifically, um, but on onset of dementia and the fact that, um, uh, that can be a family trait. Like it can be a hereditary condition. So, um, that's what it's dealing with. And then you can plug in some supernatural bits um, and just make for a very, very effective um, film. There's more comparisons I can make, but it, it would start like ruining it. Um, that's yeah. one, like, do not watch the trailers. Do not like go in as blind as possible. Aside from like endorsement of like, it's very good, but uh, check out, check out the relic when you get the chance. I think that that, if something were to be the Guardian, would be that film. Oh, and I believe it's actually just Relic, not the Relic. Uh, yes, the the <laughs> Relic is the nineteen ninety seven um creature so feature. creature feature <laughs> in the horror in the museum, which I actually really liked. But uh, yeah, I also really like like the Relic. And when I watched Relic. I was like, oh, I should actually watch The Relic again because I remember liking that movie quite a bit. Yeah, I think I'd read the book as well. Um, that The book had more investment in the creature um, mm-hmm. because it just it was a specific event that created it, I guess. Um, yes. Anyway, that brings <laughs> us, I think, to where we need to be as far as covering a couple tangential things and a few related things. And um, warming up. So now we're going to tackle in the shadow of another world. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, once again, we don't, we're, when, we, when we compare things on this show, we're, we're not being dismissive or reductive, um, just making correlations. And man, this is... Uh, um, oh man, I just lost it. I just lost Lovecraft story that this <laughs> almost is. Um From Beyond. Uh this yes. is this is a this is a from beyond uh adjacent story. So um, Yeah, cool. I would say from from beyond and then you could you could sideways glance into um the remake of 13 ghosts yes yep i agree yeah but again we're, we're never trying to be well, i mean that the whole point of the podcast is comparing monsters as they go um and these are i think apt if not yes. direct um comparisons given when this was written um and then when from beyond was done. There's a, a bit of a gap, but we know specifically that um, Legati traffics in um, the same pools um, as the the as the mythos from time to time. Yes. So, Dave, what's the story about? I don't even know what is this thing. What's going on here? It's a man, a man, and another man go to a house. On a hill, I don't, I don't know if it's on a hill. It's it's an old house um, that one gentleman, uh, Raymond Spare, um, has purchased this this house, um, and our uh, I believe unnamed um, narrator uh, is along for the ride. He's been invited um, to come take a look at uh, what Mister Spare has purchased. 
the house had belonged to um an occultist, I guess. Yes. It's a man studying all manner of mystical things. And the house uh, we come to find was made as a sort of a, a, it's not a machine, but it's an apparatus. It's an apparatus to view uh, something outside of this world mm-hmm. uh, on the surface. Because that's not really what it is. The house is actually like a bulwark um, against things that uh, another dimension or dimensions that that overlay our own at all times, um, thus providing the existential horror of there being terrible things just beyond your sight that are always there. Um, the house uh, signifies a a sterile, clean environment with which to be able to study. Um, you can think of it as like a bathysphere. Yeah. Uh, to study loading through the yeah, but except for it's like a, in a fixed position. Yes. Um. Yeah. So it's a, it's a clean lab, I guess, to to do your studies. Um, just beyond the the window panes, quite literally, because all the window pane, every window and glass bit in the house, um, is specifically manufactured to um, block out. Uh, that uh, energy or whatever it is to to not allow it to permeate the house, um, but to allow you um, from the inside, kind of like a one-way glass, to look uh, out into the void and see the terrifying um, presences that are just flitting through the ether. Right. Um, and 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 given. Uh, that this is this is about uh, a a structure uh, that was uh, presumably created, but could have possibly just sprung out of nowhere. I can't help but uh, think about Remedy Entertainment's control, which kind of traffics in the same uh, conceptual uh, pool that this story does as well. If people are familiar with that game. Uh, there is an office building known as the oldest house that is something, uh, it's basically the equivalent of the Dark Tower, where it just connects to all sorts of alternate universes and times and spaces, and, uh, is essentially a, a giant, uh, brutalist architecture bulwark. Uh, against the greater threats of the universe and outside. So, once again, all sorts of connections being made with uh, with with this material and um, the material that both Dave and I traffic in. Yeah. Uh, so, this in particular, these, these two men are um, just kind of exploring the house, the, the new the, the new owner um mr spare uh is he's he's made an exciting because he's um there's not like a manual he's just wandering the house and trying to figure out what things do um and and part of this is he's found um in the tallest like a parapet sort of thing in the in the house um you you ascend a set of winding stairs um to reach a, a study that the original 
owner or slash builder uh, of the house had created. And it's a place where there are um, multiple um, windows, uh, like in the circle of the tower, um, and an apparatus to kind of open them up. Um, mm-hmm. And what that does is the is these particular windows do have wards that those sigils or things on them to to, to keep it out. But when you turn on the device, it like erases those wards i think they have to pull stuff off i don't recall there's a way to remove the wards so you can make this one um it it won't contaminate the rest of the house but it allows you to be in the direct influence of the thing that he was studying which is just what's in the general ether um but it's focused it to where if you're outside the house you're 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 technically in mix with everything but you can't see it this allows you uh, to focus it and um see it and of course um as we know from from beyond uh, when you can see it it can in turn probably see you yep and that's the the bad part um in general and is no less bad here um because the the owner had disappeared um and we find out probably what happens uh, because Raymond Spare uh, decides to like he he's he's been meddling with this a little bit and kind of turning off the protections of the house in that one small room and mm-hmm. um, trying to like see what uh, could be learned I think from it like do some studies of his own uh, his seem to be far less. Um, wary he's just kind of haphazard about it and um it turns out that it direct influence of that ether or whatever other dimension um is a uh it's a thing that sort of disarms your psyche and um, becomes sort of an addiction um i think they're they're messing around with a little bit of that too um in this Mm -hmm. story and it's that sense of like this is an otherwise sane man doing something slightly less sane, and then the more you do that, the more you risk uh just completely like flying the coop and in and that's what happens in this case he um he full blast turns on the or turns off the windows um <laughs> right, and it just it doesn't end well he he disintegrates becomes one with whatever it is it just becomes not anymore right complete utter dissolution it, it it is but i think it like it's a transcendental like phase where i, I want to say he kind of ghosted himself mm-hmm. i think it mentions him still like his echoes of his mind and still in the house oh uh, okay yeah 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 I do actually kind of recall that as well. Yeah, but, um, which is always yeah. the worst kind of existential horror. Um, the idea of 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 uh, uh, physical dissolution and um, what memory memory concept like sticking it, to a place. It's 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 a lot yeah, of yeah. It and it's it's that sense of self that has been degraded or like 
um, otherwise altered to where you're not recognizably yourself, but you've lost your physical body. Um, the previous... It's a story or two ago. Um, the one where the other, the creatures from the other dimension, like, kind of kid, like, sort of kidnap people and then turn them into more of the weird creatures. It's the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Where the your your body and your mind become not your own, right? You are remolded into something else. Yes, and in this, uh, you're just like unmolded, right? Like completely, but still having some sort of faculty. So that makes it all the worse because you you recognize that this thing has happened, um, and it's uh, technically against your will. Mm-hmm. But this man's screaming about all all the things. Um, actually, I did pull up that passage. I should actually have it right at the ready. So um, this is where he's um, the the our, our narrator um, has spare locked himself in that room in that tower. Um, and the narrator runs up to try to like open it and go, Hey, what are you doing? And so this is, this is what he basically hears. Um, and now the shadows are moving in the stars as they are moving within me, within all things and their brilliance must reach throughout all things, all the places which are created according to the essence of these shadows and of ourselves. This house is an abomination, a vacuum, a void. Nothing must stand against against and um the 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 tone of spare's voice um it keeps repeating and fading and changing into an echoing alien tone mm-hmm. um so that that's basically him facing disillusion at that right. at that um at that point and Here's a bit of the narrator thinking, I guess. Um, well, it is literally thinking. It was the thought of what effect these windows might have now that they had been stripped of their protective signs and stood in the full glare of starlight that made me call out despair, even though I could not be sure he still existed as his former self. But by then, the hollow laughter had stopped, and I am sure that the last voice I heard was that of Raymond Spare. And when the voice began screaming, the windows, it said, pulling me into the stars and shadows, I could not help trying to enter the room. But now that the impetus for action had arrived, it proved to be useless for both Spare and myself, for the door was locked and Spare's voice was fading into nothingness. Yep. Yeah. Bad end. Um, this is one where actually this happens quite often so part and parcel of the existential nightmare of a lot of Lagadians uh Lugatti's fiction is that the the narrators um sometimes they're reliable sometimes they, the, the the voice of the narrator and the and the, the pov of the narrative has been shifting it bounces mm-hmm. back quite uh, back and forth quite a bit. Um, the narrators themselves, 
while they are party to whatever horrible things happen, aren't always um, directly affected by it. Right. Some, sometimes they're causing the thing. That's mm-hmm. happened a few times. And other times they're left alone afterwards in the aftermath to just revel in like the horrible thing that happened and didn't quite get them, but could. Right. Which is, is, the, is the, the crux of it is that like this, all these threats aren't um, single instances. They are pervasive and just will happen eventually. Yes. Like you're just, you're just, it's just going to happen. Um, you don't get a say in that. You get a say in like, well, not really anything. Um, I think the only thing you can do is like know that it's going to and try to like brace yourself, maybe. Right. Or, or, or as, as with uh, typical uh, Lovecraft, which is to drown yourself in, in any. Uh, libation or medicine in order to hopefully forget the the incident i think forgetting is uh is probably the um typical uh survive the blast narrator's uh um drug of choice uh in lovecraft however i also noticed that um with legati's work they aren't as they don't tend to be as severely damaged at, at at the end. They're always, they seem to be more contemplative and aware that they encountered something paranatural that they survived. I think it's, it's part of that as um, a coping mechanism. Um, and the thing was so transformative that it breeds, um, like, a, an interest in it. Mm-hmm. Or, or they were already in a position to where, like, that's a thing that they were interested in in the first place. It just went horribly against what they thought was going to maybe maybe happen. Right. So their oh. interest didn't go away. They just know that, oh, wow, it's a little bit more dangerous than, like, I may have thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I'll still study it, but from like a little farther away. Um, and that that's that's actually an interesting point, and once again, um, ties into control a bit because the main protagonist of Control, uh, did in fact uh experience a paranatural event, and that is what kickstarts her journey to find the Federal Bureau of Control. Um having experienced this this supernatural event as a child um leads her to seek out um the truth behind what actually happened to her so it is it is like you said the 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 re- reformation of one's mind to now find this this experience interesting because they they've survived it yeah, and you could look. Uh, so, if you reframed this a little bit and did um, put this story as a retrospective, like it's an event that happened, uh, that's how it is kind of framed. Uh, the, the narrator is obviously looking back on it. But if you removed that space and time a little further uh, mm-hmm. and then had the narrator um, 
discover something that could um uh, because he doesn't ultimately see spare's fate right um but if he finds some other esoteric thing that's like oh this could bring back spare you know um uh, uh, that would lend itself to kind of what control is sort of doing in as far as yes. like, the protagonist is concerned like there's right. a horrible horrible event that changes everyone's lives it's a formative thing um, but you found some way or something potentially um, that could lead you to um, undoing or uh, maybe not undoing, but um, solving questions that were raised by whatever happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's um, that's what this does and then we get uh this is probably the most telling um portion here um my intuition was correct for as soon as i had gone out into the night and turned back to face the house i could see that its rooms were no longer empty no longer the pristine apartments that i had lamented earlier that evening as i had thought these windows were for looking in as well as out and from where i stood the sights were now all inside the house which had become an edifice possessed by the festivities of another world. I remained there until the morning, when a cold sunlight settled the mostly the motley phantasms of the night before. And then it, it, it does a post-mortem, um, where he does come back to the house years later. Um, all the window frames were, were taken out of the house. Um, and the house has a bad reputation in the nearby town. Um, no one, no one goes near it. Um, and I think my favorite, favorite bit, I didn't highlight this, but I should have, um, for years, no one had gone near it. Wisely avoiding the enchantments of hell, the citizens of the town have kept to their own little secrets of gently stirring streets and old silent houses. And what more can they do in the way of caution? How can they know what it is their houses are truly nested among? They cannot see nor even wish to see that world of shadows with which they consort every moment of their brief and innocent lives. But often, perhaps during the visionary time of twilight, I am sure they have sensed it. So it's just, it's leaning on that fact that, um, the terrors visited upon, um, the house that night, uh, are just a prevalent thing that, you're just gonna it's just there and you're just dealing with it um right and and when the stars align or in those precious moments of time um you're more um open to its influences mm -hmm. uh, uh there's actually a section really early on near like at, basically at the beginning of the story where narrators talking about um houses and how um the the house itself was was of a peculiar construction um it looks like a house but there's something about it that feels like it's alive instead of wood supports it's the bones of animals the the, the outer the outer coating of the house could be petrified flesh it's it's a real good bit about uh personification and given the uh what the house is and essentially does it makes a lot of sense and it also reminds me of a game uh that came out a few years ago called anatomy 
um, which is very much about um, houses and um, what houses think and feel. And uh, if you're so inclined or interested, I would suggest uh, giving, uh, looking for that game because it's a very interesting premise um, regarding uh, scary houses. We're always up for a spooky house. Yes. So I think that wraps up that particular tale and brings us to the cocoons. How yes. <laughs> what was this tale about? Oh, geez. Wow. Um, Spotlight. I know, right? Um... Well, Dave, I'm going to actually need a little help on what this tale was about. <laughs> it's a little obtuse, um, to be fair. <laughs> so we have our narrator. And this this uh, traffics a little more in. Um, he is a an individual that is having um, a, a troubling mental state. Um, he is... I think it's sleep. There's many, many things that he's he's dealing with. Um, but he's being uh, aided by one Dr. Dublanc, um, <laughs> who is who, who is his um, therapist, I think. Um, and there has been a um, a breakthrough, I guess, in in a, a potential treatment. Um, for for our narrator, and that is on part of one Mister Catch, I believe is his strange appellation. Yes, Mister Catch. So the doctor says, "It wake up. It's the middle of the night. We're going to go visit a friend of mine um, who has a similar constitution as yours, but um, we've together devised a um, a treatment." And I think it will benefit you very well. Uh, here are your 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 pills to help you on the trip. Um, going to take a little short taxi ride to a quaint little um, rundown part of town <laughs> that seems to always be the um, the case in a lot of these tales as they go to like the low town or just the, the derelict zones. Um, and they they run into the the abode of one Mr. Catch, uh, who's going to show them a film, a specific film that um, was created to uh, aid in this particular uh, malady that's that's bothering the protagonist. Is the long and short of the the tale? Yes, they're gonna go watch a movie at a buddy's house. Sounds yeah. way less way less threatening than it actually sounds in the in the story. In 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 a yes, in a rundown part of town. Where in a this? rundown house. <laughs> yes, a rundown house in a rundown part of town. Um I I I just had the quote, but I and I lost it. But um uh, the 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 area is is so uh is so worn and destitute that the uh narrator looks up at the moon and swears that the moon itself looks thinner um 
and more eroded just by virtue of be casting its light down on such a dilapidated area. I thought that was a, a nice touch to highlight um, the disrepair of the the um, area. Because, yeah, you know, cheers. all of, all of these stories, whenever whenever there's a doctor that has a, a new a new process, a new, a new thing. They always have to live in like the rattiest part of town and be real weird about where they practice their craft. Yeah. And I found, um, some of that. So the district in which we are, were now traveling was of the lowest order, a landscape without pattern or substance, especially as I viewed it by moonlight. There might be an open field heaped with debris, a devastated plain where bits of glass and scraps of metal glittered. Occasionally, a solitary building of some indiscernible nature stood out in this wasteland, a skeletal structure with all the markings of identity scraped off its bones, and then, turning a corner, one left behind this lunar spaciousness and entered a densely tangled nest of houses, the dwarfish and the great all tightly nestled together and all eaten away, disfigured. Even as I watched them through the taxi's windows, they appeared to be carrying on their corruption, mutating in the dull light of the moon. Roofs mm -hmm. and chimneys elongated toward the stars. Dark bricks multiplied and bulged like tumors upon the facades of houses. Entire streets twisted themselves along some unearthly design. Yep. It's good. It's, uh, it's real good. Yeah. <laughs> And you don't want to be there, also. No. <clears throat> like like most of the rundown areas in in basically all of Legati's writings, you do not want to want to be there. Yeah. So they they get to Mr. Catch's home, uh, which is no less a um study uh, of this area. Uh, Mr. Ketch does not, uh, he's a frugal man who's um, still by of some means. Uh, so he has, he's, he has money, but um, he's, he has, he's peculiar about it. And he, he refuses to um, turn on the lights in the house, like at night <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or, or clean anything. It's full of cobwebs and broken pots and empty cans or bottles. Um, this, it, uh, a refuse house um and there's uh apparently he keeps a, a quantity of pets um in the home because there's skitterings and scratchings behind most of the locked doors or uh, the second floor um our protagonist makes a point of hearing things um skittering their nails across the the floorboards above and the his good doctor's like oh you can think of a man such as Mr. Catch would have his own pets, don't you? Um, and then they, of course, they meet the titular Mr. Catch, um, who I I get this vibe of like a skinny Uncle Fester. I don't know why. That's what <laughs> that's what I got when I was when it was being described. Um, who leads them into the basement to a um, a little screening room. Uh, where he has a projector set up um, to watch this little film. Yes. Um, it, 
which uh, uh I love that this film is I'm I'm just I'm just going to read it uh myself. <laughs> It seemed to serve as a visual record of a scientific experiment. A laboratory demonstration, in fact. The setting, nevertheless, was anything but clinical. A bare wall in a cellar which, in some ways, resembled, yet was not identical to, the one where I was viewing this film. And the subject was human. A shabby, unshaven, and unconscious derelict who had been propped up against a crude, grayish wall. Not too many moments passed before the man began to stir, perhaps awakening from a deep stupor. However, the movements he made did not appear to be his own. More specifically, they seemed to be the spasmodic twitchings of some energy that inhabited the old tramp. One of his legs wiggled around for a second. Then his... Then his chest heaved and collapsed. Soon his head began to wobble and kept on wobbling, as if something was making its way through the derelict scalp, rustling along must rustling among long greasy locks. Part of it was finally poked part of it finally poked upwards. A thin stick like thing. More of them emerged dark, wiry appendages that were bristling and bending and reaching for the outer world. At the, e at the end of each was a pair of slender, snapping pinchers. What ultimately broke through that shattered skull, pulling itself out with a wriggling motion of its many newborn arms, was approximately approximately the size and proportions of a spider monkey. It had thin, translucent wings which fluttered a few times, glistening but useless, and seemed to be uh, in an emaciated condition. When it twisted its head towards the camera, it stared into the lens with malicious eyes and seemed to be chattering with its beaked mouth. Um, yeah. You get a bad film. You get a bad movie. You get a... Oh. Not good. That's actually... That's might actually be... One of the, like grossest scenarios I think I've read in a really long time. It was pretty horrifying. <laughs> because it, it took the time to describe things in minute detail that you would normally not like linger on. Um, yep. On purpose. Um, because they, they, yes. they, they work really well. Um, yeah. That so, said, <laughs> I would actually really, really like to see that practical effect pulled off i think that that would look amazing <laughs> this this particular story um would i think work really well as mm. a short another short film i mean the location's sparse it's like yes. two, lo two two locations and a, a car ride um all your money would be really spent on set some set stuff and then like the physical prop bits 
but I mean, this is the big draw, I guess, of the, the, the moment of the tale. Um, so it turns out that the, um, the thing, the sort of parasitic, uh, creature that was inhabiting the, the derelict, uh, was, it, it, it eats all the flesh off his bones, but that's like not the, the point really, um, inside of him, it, 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 through its birth, it, it's, it's fed psychically on him. It like ate his psyche. Yes. And then it, it ate the, the flesh to just sustain itself. Um, but it's, it's birth devoured his, um, psyche and it is a, it is a vessel for that energy or that, um, what is this? Uh, the, the film dark angel with Dolph Lundgren. There's an, there's an alien and it, uh, it's a criminal alien that, um, comes to earth and injects people with, um, I think it was heroin. Actually, it's just a drug. Um, that produces uh, uh, a euphoric state in them before they die, and then um, whatever the the euphoric chemical—it's um, not serotonin; it's something specific. Whatever the chemical is, um, the alien harvests that um, at the moment of their death, uh, ah. and it, it uses that drug to like to sell it or inject itself or whatever. Um, it's right that—that's what this is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's. P- people found, like, the doctor and um, Mr. Ketch uh, found a way, an arcane, horrifying way to um, extract uh, matter from people um, to ingest um, because it is a... Um, it's an addictive substance that also clears up um, mental illnesses for a brief moment of time. So whatever Mr. Ketch, the stress disorder he's suffering from, can be alleviated um, by consuming uh, the psychic matter from other people. Right. But it's also, like, addictive and can... You're just going to keep craving. He has the craving for people's brain psyche right you can't, and you can't, you can't get normally you have to get through these other creatures and, and then harvest them and it's it's i think it's doubly horrifying because it isn't even like you're not acquiring information or knowledge it's just like the essence like the essence of conscious thought um which is like like you 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 can get that from like just being aware of something (laughs) you can get that from anything do you really need to you really need to harvest it from people like listen i'm not i'm not saying that i prefer that this process be used on on anything else because it's awful but like if if it's not is it re- 
is it based on self conceptualization? I what what I, are I the rules for how you mind the 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 personality juice out of somebody? Well, yeah, and the 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 fact of the matter is. Um, the effects that were kind of explained upon this, aside from the crazy addictiveness, uh, that that could be found in like regular medicine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get this yeah, from like actual too. medicine that exists um, <laughs> to clear up some of your maladies um, at not the expense of like other people's lives. <laughs> Or having to consume disgusting bug things because that's what happens. They eat these, all the scrabblings in the house are those little bug things trapped in the rooms and they just like chow down on them. Because that, that's where we find um, Mr. Catch has wandered off uh, during the filming. Um, he's been complaining that, uh, so there's withdrawals. You have to um, consistently consume these things to to get the effect and to like function normally right because it's it's a degrade whatever he has is a degradative state um so he's immediately complaining that they're that took too long to get there and he's he's you know he's not saying he's hungry but um he's having symptoms of withdrawal and right uh, they, they they come upon him in the in one of the other rooms just like bloated and gross like his mouth covered in the juicy juice of uh, one of these bug things. Um, and once he's sated, he just kind of like wanders off, basically. Um, our, our main protagonist uh, gets the gets the distinct impression that um, something was awry. And he got that impression earlier because the doctor, the, the pills the doctor gave him, he took the time to go the doctor gave me these funky egg-shaped pills. Yep. And uh, to his credit, he did not take them. And they are, in fact, weird eggs from these creatures and would have just hatched in his brain or his stomach and then consumed him from the inside. Um, he did not eat them. The The doctor flips out. Um, he's already been struck with the cravings of his own because he's been... Um, sampling his own product apparently and uh has to run off to go track down one of the things in the other rooms and basically just even though he's a threatening guy he he's creature of his own making and the the protagonist is able to just kind of like leave <laughs> like unaccosted because the other guys are too busy gnawing down on a gross bug so here's like I, I I like I like thinking about um uh, adaptations of works and like the idea of like yeah it's a drug and you need to constantly ingest it because because blah blah is is always fine but I always want to know what the blah blah is and I was thinking about it I was like wouldn't it be nuts that if you stopped like ingesting this this personality juice that literally all of the personalities that you've consumed start kind of vying for control uh for in your in your own mind uh mind and you can just become subsumed by by like for lack of a well like a dissociative identity disorder 
brought about by the the consumption of other people's psychic like the liquid psychic minds of another person i'm like yeah that would that that seems like a good way way to represent oh yeah i need to do this because i'm actually losing myself to this person that i drank yeah it's a it's like a, a whole even worse vicious cycle is if you consume another one it like quells everything else for like a little bit of time so right. you basically just like screwed yourself <laughs> because again you can't, you can't stop doing this horrible thing uh, or else you won't be you anymore yeah i'm like Pro- yeah that's how you now you make that really super awful also wh- why why would you why would you try to why would you oh wait well they're addicted i was about to say why would you try to do this to somebody that's paying you to do it i'm like oh yeah because addiction's really awful and and this is this is definitely a metaphor for for addiction so yeah i guess you do don't do things in your own best personal interest when you when you need to when you need to drink a mind yeah, and here's the here's the doctor giving his justification of what he's basically doing to his patient. And and that was a thing that um Mr. Catch uh made a point of also. So they're doing this horrible thing. They justify it by basically using derelicts from the city, which is horrible regardless of who you're using, but that's how they were justifying it was just like, well, we're just taking homeless people off the streets they they weren't they weren't being of use otherwise so might as well drink their brains um and mr catch has been kind of affronted by the doctor um offering up basically one of his own patients like the the ethics of any of this aside um that was i think a step too far for even mr catch Mm-hmm. And so, so he that's why he bounced um but here's the doctor um doing his weird justification because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense um you must understand he explained that the integ- in the integrity of material forms is only a prejudice this is not to mention the substance of these those forms which is an even more dubious state of affairs that a monstrous insect could burst forth from the anatomy of a human being should be no cause for condensation consternation your prejudices about a clockwork world of sunrise schedules and lunar routines have been a real obstacle in your therapy i've been practicing with you you've put me in a position of having to cater to your anxiety that the world is not ruled by regularity Uh, but it's time to realize that nothing is bolted down so to speak and no more is that thing which we call the mind with its craving for ever more novel sensations and perceptions Uh, that's he does a little goes on a little bit more, but um, it basically just talks that talk about Mr. Catches who who discovered this phenomena through his occult researches. Uh, so the the doctor just became tired of his like patient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, you gotta get with the program, man, because you're just not you're not making any real progress, and your own your own problems are what's tight. Yes. We <laughs> that's the point of going to the therapy because he has the problems and needs to find a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what the you know what this story <laughs> reminds me of? It reminds me of an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. 
like absolutely reminds me of an episode of Tell Tells from the Crypt. This could also be a weird, like adjacent Melvinus therapy. Yes. Like yeah. these the, these are the people that like she set set loose and they're doing their Mr. Smile thing. Yes. Yeah. With people's I mean that's it's kind of the same sort of thing. You're just not they're not ingesting fear, they're just ingesting like all of it. I also I I I I've gotta I've gotta read Mr. Ketch's exit from the story because it's kind of amazing. And I, I I think it might be like considering everything that we've talked about in this story so far, it might be my favorite thing. <clears throat> I should have never brought you into this. Don't you realize that it's difficult enough without involving your own patients? The derelicts are one thing, but this is quite another. I'm sorry I ever involved you in my predicament. Well, my suitcases are packed. It's your operation now, doctor. Let me buy. Time to go. And he just walks out of the story. It's the best. It is the it's, it is my favorite. <laughs> it is my favorite thing ever of like, yep, no. Yeah, like I can once again, I can handle like decimating the homeless population but really your own patient yeah i can't do it fortunately my bags are packed and i'm out enjoy it's that's great not it's only that really good it, <laughs> mr ketch maneuvered himself from the room and a few moments later the sound of a door being slammed echoed throughout the house so he just like he rage quit his own um weird situation is evil lovecraft scheme i kind of i think that's the thing that i think that's ultimately like why that that works for me so much is like it is the ultimate subversion of like the um horrible evil lovecraft scientist who is super into it and will never give it up um but then this guy's just like yeah no like i I let I let uh, bugs <laughs> xenomorph out of people on a regular basis, but the fact that you involved your patient in this eh, it's gross. You've, and you've I'm gone done. too far, sir. I've drawn a <laughs> exactly. line. You've, you've stepped over the line. Exactly. I I just really like that. That was like, yeah, no, I can't. Like my my own personal morality will not allow me to take part in this abomination. <laughs> Good day, sir. <laughs> just exactly. Like it's it's good. It's all horrifying, but um, yeah, that really makes it because the whole time you're let you're like thinking, okay, this master catch is the dude that's like setting all this up, but it's like no, he he has standards. He yeah. has standards, sir. <laughs> it's, it's 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 horrible. It, <laughs> it's It's a, it's a surprisingly uh, effective bit of comedy in this like really awful, but fairly short body horror story and i think that the fact that it seemingly just comes out of nowhere especially after the intensity of like the reveal of the mind bug um is really disarming and uh in in a uh, shockingly pleasant way so i it I gotta give it a big thumbs up for legitimately making me laugh with, with, yep, I gotta go. I can't, I can't deal with what you're, I can't deal with the energy that you're bringing to this operation. 
Yeah, and I really like so when the protagonist reveals that he had the little pills and his egg, the eggies in his pocket. The doctor's just like he can't do anything. He can't like make him take the pills. He's just uh, he's already being overcome by his own addiction at that point, and it's just like mm-hmm. useless. And the protagonist just like walks out. <laughs> yeah, he's like he doesn't have to fight. He just leaves. He's like, uh, yeah. yeah, that this sucks. I'm out of here, doctor. And I think the the <laughs> um so and and he was complaining the entire time about like the cab fare, like the protagonist <laughs> is like he's like he's like you're driving us really far out. This is gonna cost a lot of money to go back. Um, and it 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 like wraps up with that. So this this is the last bit. At the end of the ride, I was content to pay the extraordinary fare and return to my bed. The following day, I started looking for a new doctor. It's like, it's it's just, the, it's not even bothering to deal with any of the, like, fallout. It's yep. just like, this was, this sucked. We're just going to call it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a joke story. And it's, 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 I think it's really good. I think it really works as, like, as, like, a kind of jokey horror story. Um. Yeah, because it's no less horrifying, but it's like it's almost satire. It's it's so irreverent about the kind of story it is. It's like yeah, it is it is like satire. It's like yeah, what what if what if this like this is the basic scenario scenario, um, uh, and it's awful. But how do like what are the little subversions that we can do? Well, how about the guy that's like running the show is like really disgusted that his accomplice would bring one of his patients as a sacrifice? What if the patient wasn't an idiot and was didn't swallow these egg shaped pills? It's it's good. It's a it it's a good one. It's short, but it's it's really kind of a really good fun piece of of horror read i think yeah i think it's funner to like deconstruct it a little bit um i i enjoyed it when i read it but i like it a lot more now because we've kind of broken down like why it works really well Mm -hmm. yeah top tier this will this will go into the the basket of stuff i will probably read again i mean this whole book is I will read again. It's it's very very good stuff, um, and as an uh, adjacency, um, I am highly highly recommending uh, any of the the collections actually by Christopher Slatsky. So um, he has a collection that I'm I'm currently in the midst of reading, um, Electromancer. Um, it is, it's the same field that Ligotti is kind of playing around in. Um, okay. I don't even want to spoil any of the tales. They're, they're really good. Uh, but they, 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 they are like what we just read, like that idea. And um, it's horrible things happening uh, and people not, you don't have a choice in the matter. Like you're just kind of wrapped up in it. Um, but the the tales end kind of either way. Like they fall on like the everything went really bad or everything's really bad, but you can like just kind of you just gotta deal with it. Like what else are you gonna do? <laughs> um, right. 
it, it plays with that. Uh, one of the tales actually is about um, a, a young girl uh, who is raised, her, her parents are um, anthropologists um, and they're studying, I think they're, I think they're not specifically anthropologists, anyway, they're studying um, cultists. Like that's what they do is they go live in cult communes and um, like l just basically academically study like what's going on. And so she's raised in this commune that um, that is a, a cult dedicated to the worship of um, like bugs, like a specific kind of well, it's not like it's like bug gods. Okay. And um, her parents. uh end up disappearing i believe and so she she grows up and be also becomes um uh, maybe it's ethnologist i don't know uh she she becomes a practitioner of the same field and um she was basically like all the presents for her birthdays were always weird uh things that the the cults held important mm-hmm like here's a bible from a weird cult happy birthday and they're like illuminated i mean they're they're i guess very well done like illuminated manuscripts and whatnot but oh, um, okay so she has that and she uses these things as clues to figure out what happened to her parents because they just disappeared and she gets involved with um the academia uh and the study of this particular um cult uh, and it ends up that she she basically finds out like what happened to her 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 parents and the nature of like the book that she has and the nature of the cult. It's uh, anymore is like spoiling it. Like it needs to just right. kind of be experienced. But um, it ends really well with that same sense of like here is the doom. Um, but you're just kind of like you're just stuck with it yeah yeah super good stuff highly recommend um this uh, electromancer um, yes and I, probably I any of the other collections pulled it up on amazon it is wow. there um oh and just one last thing about cocoons i really love that like the doctor was so sick of this patient that he actually brought him there and decided to show him the film of what he was expecting to happen to him and yeah and he kept and he kept going like your pill should be taken in effect anytime now anytime uh, now um yep. anytime yep. now <laughs> yep stop talking just watch just watch just just watch it'll help with your therapy like just like man this is kind of like this is like the Considering it's when this book really was, messed up was written, this is like a damning um, portrayal of what uh, um, Lugati must think of uh, therapy back in the mid eighties. Yeah, and as far as I'm aware, is um, Lugati does suffer from specific conditions. I don't know what they are. Um, mm -hmm. but it's part and parcel of his entire philosophy as well, because the state of all of the things and all of the help is not actually much help, um, sometimes. Right. Yeah. 
or it's a predator a predatory um uh, uh field yes um, particularly here yeah that good times zooms. yes that wraps us up i think for probably today i don't have anything else nope neither do i all right. Well, then we'll see you next Legati time uh, to begin the uh, voice of the dreamer. I think. <laughs> yes, I think that's what it is. Um, uh, all apropos, and we'll see what other um, tangential tidbits uh, we might um, dream up in that in the intervening time. Yes, but before that, Dave, we do have to do our housekeeping. We do. So, Leonard, where can folks find you on the interwebs? People can find me at uh, twitter.com by searching uh, doctor at Dr. Faust is dead. People can also find my work uh, on YouTube by also searching Dr. Faust is dead. And Dave, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter pretty much exclusively at sentinot underscore plus. It will be in the notes as always. And our errant co-host Cameron can be found on Twitter as well at night underscore twitten. And that's night without a K. Excellent. And I think that's it. <laughs> and, and then that's it. And that's it. Yes. And if you would like to um, revisit any of the previous episodes that we may have tertiarily mentioned in this particular episode, um, they can all be found uh, through iTunes, Monster Deer Monster, or you can go to monsterdeer.monster um, website, and they are all there with their associated synopses. So you can quickly scroll through and find any of the Legati-specific ones, um, if that's your want. Yes. And that's us, folks. Signing off for today. We will catch you next time because we have a trip to make. A trip back to Candle Cove. Yes. I am very excited to talk about more Channel Zero with the full crew next week. But until then, this is Leonard and Dave from Monster Dear Monster saying bye-bye bye-bye y'all